Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. It's Wake Up Call 055, day and night, night and day. That's Wake Up Call 055, day and night, night and day. On the Faith for My Generation podcast, I'm your host, AJ. And man, am I thankful that you're listening today, watching, however you're consuming this podcast. I'm just glad that we're here together and we're going to study the Word of God. And you know the routine. That's exactly what we're going to do. If you're brand new, this is the first time that you're listening to the Faith for My Generation podcast. Welcome. Please subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Let's do this. Let's go to our beginning text, John chapter 9, verse 4. In this wake-up call today, the main thing I want to express is urgency. Do me a favor, wherever you're listening from, just say that word, urgency. Yeah, say it again, urgency. That's what I want you to leave with after you have heard this wake-up call. I want you to leave with a sense of urgency. Now, I don't want this to be, well, I do want it to be unsettling, honestly. I was going to say, I don't want this to be unsettling to you, but actually I want to completely unsettle you. I want you to feel a great need to be about the work of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to feel an intense urgency, a Holy Ghost birthed, inspired urgency in the depth of your heart when you get done listening to this wake-up call today. And it needs to be an urgency about doing what the Lord has commanded you to do while you're here on the earth. John chapter 9, verse 4, is where I want to begin today. John chapter 9, verse 4. We're actually going to compare two different statements, and I want you to see this. I did not see this until just recently. Some of you have been joining me. Uh, if if you don't know, January 1st through January 21st, of course, uh, today is January 23rd when the episode, this episode was released. But January 1st through January 21st, I live streamed every single night in a row for 21 days on my YouTube channel and also on the, uh, my TikTok account which if you're watching on YouTube and you're not subscribed to my personal YouTube channel, that you're watching this video, please subscribe. Just a little housekeeping there. And smash the like button, as all the YouTube creators say. But I I streamed every single night for 21 days through reading through the New Testament. In fact, the whole playlist is there. 21 videos entitled 21 Days Through the New Testament. And then I put what books we covered. Some nights it was only half a book, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Some nights we covered several books, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Jude, for instance. And in reading through there, I I noticed something in the book of John and in the book of Romans, and there's a contrast of statements. And that's where we get the title for today's wake-up call. I always like to have a little bit of creativity and fun with the titles of these wake-up calls. And this title for this wake-up call is Day and night, night and day. Day and night, night and day. John 9, verse 4, we see here Jesus encounters a man who was born blind, and his disciples ask him, Lord, you know, this man over here, he's born blind. Uh, Whose fault is it? Whose sin is it that he was born blind? Him or his parents? Jesus says, neither. And he said, in fact, I'm going to use his blindness as a means to bring glory to God by way of providing healing because Jesus is the healer. Now, notice what Jesus says in verse 4. He says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. 
Verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But notice that, verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. While it is day, the night is coming when no one can work. Well, there's the first half of the wake-up call, day and night. Now, go with me to Romans chapter 13. And, of course, if you're driving, you know, don't whip out your, your Bible and throw it on top of your steering wheel and drive with your feet. Just listen. I'll, I'll go to Romans 13 and read it for you. Verses 11 through 14. Romans 13, 11 through 14. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. Verse 12, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Verse 12 again, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. 13, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Well, there we see in verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. John 9, 4. I must work while it is day, for the night comes, day and night. Romans 13, 12, the night is far spent. Behold, the day is at hand, night and day. Hence the title for this wake-up call, day and night, night and day. We can contrast these two statements. Again, as I was mentioning, I read through the entire New Testament in 21 days, streaming it on YouTube and TikTok. And it was just a means one. I, I, it was something I gave. I did it as a challenge for myself uh, because it took about an hour, average of an hour and 45 minutes a night. Because if you didn't listen, you can always go check out the replay on YouTube. Um, I would stop after each chapter and, and just give a little summary. Or maybe there was a high point. And that's so difficult for me because I'm a teacher. I'm a Bible teacher. That's what I do. Um, there's a lot of things I'm bad at. There's a lot of things I'm mediocre at. There's a handful of things I'm pretty good at, but there's one thing that I was knit together in my mother's womb for, and that is to teach the word of God. And I don't say that to boast or be prideful, but I know the reason I'm on the earth and it's to teach the word of God and to make strong disciples. And so that was a little tough for me to read, you know, so much, uh, sometimes 13, 14 chapters in a, in a time. Uh, when I read First Corinthians, I just remember that off the top of my head, the, the entire book. That's 16 chapters. So that's that's a lot of biblical information just to really honestly glaze over in a two-hour stream uh, because there's so much in the Word of God. But in reading this, I noticed that phrase, that contrasting phrase. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I actually, it popped up in my mind, and I'll give the Lord complete credit. It popped up in my mind because this is a, a prayer point. I spent some time in prayer earlier. The first three weeks of the, of the year I spent in praying, and 90% and of my prayer time was simply, Lord, I'm seeking your will for this year. You know, I want to plan this year out. I want to know what my objective is for this year. Uh, last year I did this. Last January of 22, I did this. And when I come came out of that time of prayer and prayer with fasting, that's when I got to go green light, and, and not a really a, even a green light, but really the conviction to do what I knew I should have been doing, which is recording this podcast. And I finally took action. And thank God I was obedient. And I just literally did not know how many people would listen to this podcast, how many, how many people would be reached. I just was doing it to be obedient. And then lo and behold, the Lord blessed my obedience. Even after, honestly, I had to repent to him because I wasn't obedient sooner. 
So I said, you know what? That works so well. I had such a rich 2022. 2023 is going to be even better. I'm expecting the double, the double portion, Isaiah 61, 7. So in the first three weeks of January, I'm praying, believing God for direction for the year. And one of the things I'm asking the Lord is, Lord, I'm asking for just an increase in the ability to teach the Word of God. And I thank you that just continually topics will be, will be given to me. Uh, you'll just give me topics, easily give them to me so that I can study them out and deliver them to your people. And, and feed your sheep, feed your lambs, as Jesus says to Peter in the book of John. And so I'm sitting in church last week, listening to my pastor preach, and bam, two different things drop into my heart and mind. One of them, which is not today's wake-up call, it's next week's, because um, I've already got it written down preparing for it. It'll be next week's for sure. But uh, that is what my pastor was teaching on, and I saw a few things there that we didn't even get time to see in service. And then the other one was this one. Because I was thinking, contrasting that, that idea, the, that, that phrase, I thought that was so peculiar. And really, in studying for today's wake-up call, you don't really see much emphasis put on the difference in these phrases. Well, when you look in commentary notes, at least I didn't find any. But I saw here, and thank God, the Holy Spirit's our teacher. So even, even now, Holy Spirit, teach us. Show us the depth of your word. In Jesus' time, he's born, and he is the morning star, right? He's the day star. Uh, I think it's the book of Isaiah and the book of Luke tell us. He is the day star. So he's born, and there's a new dawn, a new covenant. And Jesus has roughly three, three and a half years of earthly ministry before he is to go back to heaven and ascend on high after his crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection. So he tells his disciples, look, I've got a little window of time. Day is coming to an end. We're getting close to evening time. Night is approaching, and when night comes, no man works. Now, literally, that's an analogy that makes sense in that day and age. There's no electricity, right? So the only light you would have at night is candlelight. And uh, let's be honest. Uh, but let's be honest. I mean, even today, with all the technology we have and the powerful, you know, I don't know, 50,000 lumen uh, work lights they have on the highways and whatnot, it still does not compare to the sun. Even today, with the greatest amount of artificial lighting we have to light up work areas, it's still not as bright and as clear as that big yellow ball in the sky. So there is, an, uh, there is a time when it is time to work the day. For Jesus, he had a little bit of time left before night, come, night would come. And when night came, that's it. There's no more time to work. Now, what's interesting is the difference in the phrase. You get Romans 13, 11, It tells us the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Because you could almost think of it this way. The day was Christ's ministry and night came, which is the church age. And I think this makes a lot of spiritual sense and is a good illustration. When Christ is on the earth, it's daytime. When he is sent, when he is crucified, dies, buried, and ascends to heaven, we enter into a night period, which is the period in the age of the church. And when and I think that makes sense because you look throughout the New Testament and we're commanded again and again to not be asleep, to not fall asleep. Right here in Romans chapter 12, verse thir chapter 13, verse 12, it says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness uh, and put on the armor of light. Well, right before it, verse 11, And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Well, if you go to 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, I believe it is, verse 6. It's a little, little off note, but I think the analogy is here as well. Is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Can you see that? Well, the church age is 
at is during this night that Jesus was speaking of. Um, prophetically. Now, literally, he's saying no man will work, will have time to work at this night because of, you know, once it comes, once my time comes, that's it. But you could see, you could say spiritually, we've entered into a nighttime. And this is why we have to be so, as Christians, we have to be so diligent to watch out for the deceptions of the devil. And this is why throughout the New Testament, especially the epistles, the, the books written to the church, every the entire Bible is written to us, the church, but, but there's practical instruction in many of the epistles, Ephesians, Galatians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, Colossians, Philippians. It says again and again and again, be sober, be vigilant, be watchful, do not sleep, don't fall asleep, awake. Because we are in a current state of nighttime where the order of the day, I say the order of the day, the order of events is to fall asleep. It seems and it feels like everyone around us is asleep. They don't know what time it is. Spiritually dead people, sinners, they're asleep. They're dead in their sins. But then it also seems like there's many Christians there are many Christians who are spiritually asleep. It's like they don't even know the time or the hour in which we live. That there's just a little bit of time left before it's all over. And that's what verse 12 in Romans 13 is telling us. The night's far spent. Again, the illustration could be, could be put like this. Have you, have you ever been sleeping real good? I mean, you've just been sleeping real good. And um, you wake up and you feel real good and rested, but you could sleep a little bit longer. And you look at your you look at your clock and you actually have like two more hours before your alarm goes off. And you're like, oh, all right. Heck yeah, man. I've got two more hours before I actually have to get up. Oh, this is going to be the greatest day ever. And you fall back asleep. So you wake up, say, say you normally get up at six. You wake up at, you know, 3.15 and kind of stir a little bit and notice it's 3.15. You're like, whoa, yeah, it's still nighttime. <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. And you sleep until 6. But when the alarm goes off, right, you got to jump out of bed and go get ready. That's the, that's the feeling that's in Romans 13, 12. The night's far spent. It's like 3 a.m. The day's coming. There's not much time left before the day. Well, the day of what? The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord, judgment, the coming of Christ. And so we are to live in such a way knowing that there is but a small amount of time left to work. Jesus, our example, our high priest, who now, who is in heaven, praying and interceding for us, when he lived this life, he lived it as an example to us and when in his day, when he was ministering on the earth, he was about the Father's business. He was doing the work of the kingdom, and he was mindful of the time in which he lived, knowing he didn't have much time left to work. Now, there's a few things I want you to see. One is your time is limited. Psalms 90 verse 12 I have to give honor where honor is due. Uh, Dr. Gene Lingerfeld, pastor of Faith Christian Center in Dallas-Fort Worth area, he preached, he has he does a series of messages for the men in his church called Guys Not Out Messages, and they'll come on like Tuesday night or Thursday night and have a Guys Not Out message. And in 2017, he released a message. It was the first Guys Not, mess Guys Not Out message I ever heard by him. I'd heard about, started listening to him on YouTube and really enjoyed his teaching. And then he releases this. I'm like, oh, that's interesting because it, it's, it's much, very much centered around biblical success and motivation. And, and I cut, I mean, I grew up cutting my teeth on, on, on the great motivation success guys like Zig Ziglar. And so, which Zig Ziglar was a good Baptist man that loved the Lord and, and could just motivate a, a, a wet sock. I mean, he could, he could stir somebody up. But Pastor Gene was teaching a message called The Habits of Lions. 
And he talks about the necessity of having good daily habits because your daily habits create your months, your years, and what you do every day essentially will create the life you live. And that's true. And, and he based it on this idea of Psalms 90 verse 12. And I love this verse. And when I heard him say it, it I mean, I'd read it before, but when I heard him say it by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it just like engrafted, it, it, it like tattooed itself in my heart uh, and stirred me up. And I've not been the same since. Psalms 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In the early days of this podcast, maybe like 20 episodes deep, I did a, an episode uh, entitled, I think, Three Bible Passages That Changed My Life. This is one of them. Psalms 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Notice the connection there. When I number, when I when I'm able to number my days, or in other words, when I'm well aware that I'm not going to be here forever, when I'm well aware that my life is finite, that there is a certain amount of time I am allotted on this planet, then I will act out and live wisely. I will not waste my time. I will not just hee-haw around. I'm, it doesn't mean that I won't go on vacation with my family. Um, we're, we're, we're going to go take a few days off. Actually, we're going to go to drive a few hours away to go to a revival in the evenings. But during the day, we already have some plans to go do family time stuff. Just, just take full three days of vacation to, so we can go to revival at night. Um, and then during the day, do family stuff, which is still a vacation. I mean, going to church is not a burden to me at all. I love going to revival. And so anyway, we plan to do that in about a week or so, I believe, if I remember the calendar right. So it's, it, it, numbering our days and using our time wisely doesn't mean, you know, we don't rest or you, you're not allowed to take a nap. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the flow of your life should be based on godly wisdom so that you do not waste time and that you don't wake up 30 years from now and ask yourself, what have I been doing with my life? And not just practically. You know, if you missed it, we did a three-part ep three episode, three-part wake-up call, seven things we must master in the year 2023 that has some very practical instruction. I am totally for practical instruction because it's one thing to know and believe. It's another to be able to apply it to your life. I'm all about the practical. Uh, but but what I'm what I'm getting at is the 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 wisdom the flow of your life should be I'm going to live with God's purpose continually in the forefront of my mind. I'm going to continually keep my heart settled on the things of God, and I'm pursuing always the kingdom because I have a numbered amount of days. Now, the Bible tells us we can extend that life, right? The first promise, the first command with promise, as the New Testament tells us, is the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. Honor thy father and thy mother, and your life will be made long on the earth. Uh, Exodus 15, no, Exodus 23, 25, and 26. Uh, what is it? Um, if you'll serve me, let's, let, let's see. I, I, let me pull this up. I've got a little bit different setup for my wake-up call. If you notice, I'm shooting in landscape, not vertical, because we're not using the phone anymore. We've got a full-fledged camera set up. That's awesome. Exodus 23, 25, so I can look up over here on my iPad, because I was using my iPad as well. Exodus 23, 25, and 26. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I'll take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in the land, and the number of thy days I will fulfill. So when you serve the Lord and you're obedient, he's going to give you a long life in the earth. That's a promise. So again, numbering your days, don't let that be a pessimistic thought. That's a lie of the devil. Whoa, I'm only going to be here so long. Oh, no, woe is me. No, 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 no. Wake up every day thinking, all right. I've got another day given to me. I plan on living a long life. But let's be honest, even in the scope of eternity, if you lived 969 years like good old Methuselah did, 
that's still a drop of the bucket. That is still a drop in the proverbial bucket of water compared to eternity. What is 969 years compared to eons of time? And remember, Jesus said we have so much time to work and then it's over. Remember, Romans 13 says the night is far spent, the day is at hand. So let us be diligent to work. We need to understand we're not here forever. So let us make the absolute most of our life. Let us make the absolute most of the life we have here on the earth. The second thing I want you to see is the good news. This is good news because as I'm talking, some of you are listening. And I want to tell you something. You are God's beloved son. You're God's beloved daughter. But right now, some of you, I just know the nature of humans because I'm one of them. Surprise, I'm not an alien. I know your I know your nature because I know my nature. Some of you are probably thinking right now, you're right, AJ. I've only got so much time and I've wasted a lot of it. I wish I could go back. Don't live in the past. The Apostle Paul made that point. What is that? First Corinthians chapter nine. Let's see if I got that. First Corinthians chapter nine. Um No, it's not 1 Corinthians chapter 9. You're going to have to forgive me. There's a, a, where's that passage? If you know it, go look it up afterwards, unless it comes to my memory. I pray it does, Lord. Um, where Jesus, uh, not Jesus, where Paul tells us, he tells us that he forgets those things which are behind him, and he pushes, he perseveres towards the call that's on his life. He forgets that which is behind him, Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Lord will bring to your memory what you have need of in the time that you need it. It's Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended or laid a hold of it or arrived, but one thing I do, forgetting thing, those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So notice there, the Apostle Paul by the Holy Ghost, he is speaking to every single one of you who's feeling like, oh, I wish I didn't waste so much time living for the devil. Guess what? We all did. And I'm not going to say get over it, but I am going to say forget about it. Can we say that in our best Italian accent? Like we're working for the mafia. Forget about it. Hey, forget about it. Ah, forget about it. What you did in your past is covered under the blood. And the Spirit of God is saying, you know what you need to do with your past? Forget about it. Leave it in the past. Put your eyes, focus on the target. Look toward the prize, the upward call, the high call of serving Christ, and press on toward the mark. Press on. Because here's the good news. So, yeah, join the human race. Join the entire body of Christ made up of humans who all wasted time before they started living for Jesus. Welcome to the party. We all did it. That's not the tragedy. Let me tell you what the tragedy is. Being a born-again, spirit-filled Christian and still waste time. That's the tragedy. The tragedy is not that you did what every person on the planet does, which is waste time when they're not living for Jesus. The tragedy is having now been saved, brought into the body of Christ, filled with the Spirit of God, equipped and empowered, baptized with power to be witnesses uh, from God, with power from on high, and then you just sit around and do nothing with it. That's the tragedy, and that will not be you. That will not be me in Jesus' name. And here's some more good news for you. Ephesians 5.15, 5, See then that you walk circumspectly, 
or carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The power of God on your life, the blessing of the Lord on your life, will actually empower you to do more in the life that you now live in Christ than all the hell you could raise before Christ. All the energy and hell raising you did for Satan will pale in comparison to what you do for the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom in Jesus' name. Because by the Spirit of the Lord, you can redeem the time. That word, let me read this phrase. In the Greek, that the, the Greek and the Hebrew are such expressive languages. We read in our English language book, redeem the time. Expressively, this is what that means. Buying up those moments which others throw away. Every time you're working for the Lord, working for the kingdom of heaven, you're doing what the Lord would have you do. You're diligently about the Father's business. When you're doing what God's commanded you to do, you're buying up time. You're, buy, you're purchasing time. It, it's like you ran into a bargain discount store and all the stuff that you need, let's say it's for your pantry, it's for groceries. I, I'm giving some real life uh, uh, adulting things that sound really cool. Groceries, appliances, things for your pantry. <laughs> if you're listening, you're like, bro, none of that is stuff I want to buy. You've yet to hit adulting yet. <laughs> That's okay. Imagine you went to some store and it was filled with all of your favorite stuff. 100 items and they're all your favorite 100 items across the board, across the spectrum. And I gave you a million bucks cash and you go into the store and everything's 99% off. And you're like, what? And you start buying up all this stuff. It's like, do I need a hundred pounds of rice? Nope. Am I going to buy a hundred pounds of rice? Yep. Why? Because I'm going to buy enough, not just for today, but I've been given the money. I've got it on sale. I'm going to buy all this rice and I'll have rice for the next four years, baby. Come on. <laughs> or whatever your uh, imagination would lend to you. Mine's rice, so that's not very far reaching, is it? I'm a pretty simple guy, you know, <laughs> but that's the idea. Redeeming the time means that you're every opportunity, you're buying it up, you're purchasing up, purchasing that time. Every time you do work for the kingdom of heaven, you just bought a piece of time for Jesus. You just redeemed some of it. The whole world's throwing away time. The whole world's wasting time. Not you and me, not the faithful, not those that seek and love Jesus, not the faithful. The faithful, we're buying up time. The faithful, we're redeeming the time. Why? Because night is far spent and the day is at hand. Now, the last thing I want you to see is this. You need to know what time it is. What time is it? What time is it? Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What, is the, what time is it? It's the day of salvation. What time is it? The accepted time. See, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he quotes by the Spirit of God, Isaiah 49, 8, which says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, in the day of salvation I have helped you. And then by the Spirit of the Lord, by the unction of the Holy Ghost, the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthian church and to all of us who would ever read this text, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What time is it? It's the time of salvation. 
What time is it? It is the time of the kingdom of heaven. What time is it? It is the day and the age of the church and of the preaching of the gospel and of the winning of the lost and of making strong disciples and of building churches for Jesus. What time is it? It is time to do war against the kingdom of hell. What time is it? It's time to receive the promises of God. What time is it? It's time to experience the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. What time is it? It is time to see the marvelous manifestations of God's miracle working power. What time is it? It's time to act on faith. That's what time it is. It's the time of the accepted time. It is the day of salvation. It's the day of salvation. Look, look at this. This is another example here to make use of this time. Okay, it is this time. Look, uh, Matthew, Matthew 26. I absolutely, man, I love this, this story of this precious woman that anointed the feet of Jesus. Matthew 26, verse 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask, a very costly fragment of oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Now, that was Judas talking. And why did he say that? Because he liked to help the poor? No, because he was a crook. He wanted the woman to sell the stuff, give him the money so he could pocket half of it. Verse 10. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. And guess what? We just fulfilled the word of Jesus again because we're still talking about this woman who greatly blessed and richly worshipped King Jesus. But notice, don't, don't move, miss this point. Verse 11, Jesus says, why, uh, verse 10, why are you giving this woman trouble? Verse 11, you want to do something for the poor? There will always be poor people. Now, that's a subject aside to itself. Why will there always be poor people? Because there will always be people who are disobedient to the truth of God's word concerning money. Don't let that be you. But notice verse 11. But me, you do not have always. But me, you do not have always. This precious little lady knew what time it was. This precious little woman, she knew exactly what the time of day it was. She knew that, again, remember day and night, night and day. She knew that the day of the Lord Jesus Christ ministering on the earth was quickly coming to a close. And that night was real close. Matthew 26, she knows that, you know, it's like 7.48 p.m. on a summer night you can just barely see a little bit of light of the sun crisping, cutting across the horizon, and the moon's about to peek through. And it's about to be dusk, and, about, you know, and the lightning bugs are going to start coming out, and you're going to have to run back home. <laughs> she knew what time it was. And Jesus made the point, look, you've got something to do, and you need to do it. Because the door of opportunity will not always be open. What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 16, which we covered this in, in one of the wake-up calls in 2022 called Open Doors? Paul said, I'm staying at Ephesus. He's speaking to the church in Corinth. He says, I'm going to come see you guys, but right now I'm in Ephesus because a great and effectual door has been opened to me. Well, concerning Paul's ministry, the time for him was, we better preach this gospel in Ephesus as hard as, as we can preach it, because right now the door's open. Who knows when the door will be shut? You know, I've heard I've heard ministers who are missionaries and uh, missionary evangelists, 
and and they talk about being led by the Holy Spirit to go to certain nations because let's be honest, God can be everywhere at all time by His presence and His Spirit, but man can't. This is why we need more laborers. This is why Jesus teaches us to pray to the Lord of the harvest, Lord, send forth more laborers because people can't be everywhere all the time. And I've, I've heard testimonies of missionary evangelists saying, you know, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit because they have ministered in some nations and just had massive doors of opportunity in certain nations. And they might be there for six weeks, eight weeks, a year. And then all of a sudden the door shut by war, by political changeover. And then for the next 33 years, the gospel's outlawed or whatever. Or, or they can't get in for the next 80 years or something. You know, something crazy. And, and so they make the point that if I hadn't went when I did, I would have never went in my lifetime. There are certain doors of opportunity the Lord has opened for you. Revelation chapter 1, Jesus says, I am, I have the key of David. I have the key of David. What door I open, no man can shut. What door I shut, no man can open. So here's the reality. This is what you and I do as part of the faithful. We say, Lord, show us the open doors. And remember, I talked in that episode. If you haven't listened to it, scroll back, check it out, listen to it. I make the point that oftentimes opposition is a sign of an open door. In other words, when there's pushback, you're, you're usually on the path walking through the open door. And Satan can't keep you th going through the open door. But if he can discourage you or deceive you, you'll keep yourself from going through an open door. So Jesus has open doors. It's our job to find out which door that is and walk through it boldly. Because now is the time to work. Now's the time to do the works of Christ. And you know what? There's different seasons of your life. There's different opportunities you're given. There's different windows of opportunity, different doors of opportunity that you have that you won't always have. Make the most of them. Look at this. Hezekiah makes a point. I love this. Hezekiah 38. The, the, the Hezekiah writes this down after he has been healed by the Lord and recovered from sickness. I'm going to read verse 18, 19, and 20. I love this. He says, Verse 18, for Sheol cannot thank you. Death cannot praise you. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your truth. The living, the living man, he shall praise you. As I do this day, the Father shall make known your truth to the children. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs with string instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. Uh, Hezekiah is making this point. He's got a great song of worship and praise to God because he's been healed from sickness in his body. He's been given more years to live. And he makes this point, Lord, dead men don't praise you. Dead men, they don't sing and play string instruments. Only the living do. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. If you're still living, it's still time to work. When can we quit working for Jesus? When we've died and went to heaven. <laughs> oh, pilgrim along this pilgrim way, don't stop working until you have entered in to your eternal reward. You are sojourning on this pilgrim way, as the song Leaning on the Everlasting Arms says. You are sojourning on this pilgrim way. Don't stop working. If you're still living, you still got something you need to do for the kingdom of heaven. If you still got breath in your lungs, then you've got work to do. Because guess what? Dead men don't work. Dead men don't sing. <laughs> De dead men, all they do is fill a grave. But that's not you. You're alive. You're here. You got to work. Now's the time to work. Now is the time to work. Now's the time to do the work of the kingdom. Amen. Now, the last, last thing I want you to see is this. What time is it? If I can get my Bible pages to turn appropriately. What time is it? I want to go to Esther. 
Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4, verse 12. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Verse 14. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. If you don't know the story of Esther, I encourage you to go read it. It's a great read, a great a great book of the Bible to study and understand. Esther chapter 4, we see Mordecai telling Esther, look, Haman's plot is to kill all of the Jews in the kingdom of Persia. Esther, you're now queen. You can go into the throne of the king, which if she goes in without being called for, she could be sentenced to death. And there's a great possibility that could happen considering the last king's wife was completely banished for her life because she didn't come when he asked him to come at a party and he got embarrassed. And so Mordecai is telling Esther, look, if you don't do what you can, what, if you don't act for the good of the pe Lord's people, don't think deliverance won't come. It will. God will send deliverance because God is a deliverer. But as for you and your family, we'll all be taken out. And then he says this, for who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. In other words, Mordecai is saying, look, you're right there. You're the queen. You can boldly enter into the king's courtroom and tell him and, and bring about this news and save the Jews. You can work out salvation by the hand of God in your life for the Jews if you'll simply act. And then he makes the point, and who knows? Maybe this is the entire reason God's placed you in the kingdom. That's the point Mordecai's making. He's saying, look, this. how do you not know that your entire life was so that you could get to this point, so that you could do this thing for the people of God and see great salvation in an entire kingdom for all of the people of God? And that's what I want to encourage you, you that are listening, the faithful. You have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. There are ministries. There is work for the kingdom of heaven. There's things that the Lord has put on your heart. Will the Lord get someone to do them? If you don't, He will, because His work must go on. But the question is, do you want to stand before the Lord God Almighty and give an account? And when he says, why didn't you do what I commanded you to do while you had time on the earth to do it? I want you to be able to answer. I don't want you to be asked that question. I want you to actually be able to hear this simple reply from him when he looks over your life and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want you to be able to stand before the Lord and complete humility and meekness, but also in full confidence, knowing that at every point of life where you had the opportunity to be obedient, you were obedient. So let us be obedient to the call of God in our life because there's not much time left. There's not much time. And again, as I pray, I pray that you leave listening to this Wake up call with that urgency. There are things that God's commanded me to do. He's put me in the kingdom for such a time as this. I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And if I'm not, Lord, I repent. Get me to the right place so I can be at the right time so that I can do the right thing. You know what? Um, I feel led by the Spirit. Let's pray right now. Father, I'm praying for myself, and for every member of the faithful that's listening to this episode right now. Lord, I'm praying that we will always be tender-hearted to your touch and that we are always listening to your voice. 
so that we are at the right place at the right time every time to do your work. Lord, let us never fail in our doing the work you would have us do. Lord, let us never slumber when it's time to work. Let us not fall asleep while it is yet still time to work. And let us have a truly God-birthed urgency to be about your work and the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' holy, matchless name, amen. Guys, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for listening. I pray this stirs up something in your heart. I am going gloves off against the kingdom of hell in the year 2023. Not that I didn't years before, but I have an urgency in my heart and my mind. And this podcast, in this episode, and this year of podcasting is going to see great, great growth in myself and in you, the faithful, as we literally torment the devil going forth in the power and the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Hey, faithful, let's go and do what Jesus has commanded us to do. Let's win so many people to Christ. Let's be a part of making strong disciples as we're made strong disciples. Let's build the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Let us, let's do great exploits for our God. You know why we're going to do that? Oh, you know why. Because we are the faithful. I will see you next time, everybody. Hey, if you've not left a five-star review on any of the podcast channels, such as Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, please do. If you're watching via YouTube, please subscribe, and we will catch you next time. Very thankful for you. God bless. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, And every Thursday, I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.